You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. I may not have a new camera review for you yet, but I do have oodles of listener emails, correspondence from two film photography podcasters, an amazing review of my zine every summer from a third film photography podcaster, and a few more details on the next Matt Loves Cameras challenge. Also keep listening for a very unusual interruption to the podcast about halfway through. I'm Matt Murray and this is Matt Loves Cameras. Analog photography related. Hello, my friends. How are you? I hope you are well, wherever you are all around the world. Welcome to another episode of Matt Loves Cameras, episode 34 of Matt Loves Cameras. A bit of an update episode, really, a bit of a catch-up episode. There were six weeks there between my episodes 32 and 33, so uh, a lot happened in those six weeks. I was very busy at home and at work, and uh, I just I kept trying to put an episode out, but I, I obviously kept failing, and the real impetus for episode 33 was the judging of those beautiful panos, the cheap plastic uh, focus-free panos that we did, Matthew Joseph and I reviewed in episode 33. Uh, So I do have quite a few more episodes planned. Uh, And in that six weeks when I didn't put out a single podcast, I was very busy, as I said, Throughout June, I was finishing up a six-month contract at work. Uh, So that finished at the end of June. We had the tail end of the renovations to the house with the painting and all that stuff. We had two weeks of school holidays. Um, So it's been a little bit crazy. I think in that six weeks, I shot something like 17 rolls of film. So I was still out there. I was still shooting film. Um, Actually, some of those 17 rolls of film... Uh, some of them were roles I had in cameras that I kind of finished off. So I'm not sure that completely counts as 17, uh, but I did do uh, quite a few. Uh, I actually been trying out a new lab. I sent my three in three batches. I sent my rolls of film down to Ikigai Lab. I hope that's how you say it. Ikigai Lab down in Melbourne. Um, so they've got a very good reputation for their scans, and I'm um, being really happy with the the service uh, with them and the scans that I've got back. Um, not always 100% happy with some of the photos I take. Uh, but that's certainly not the lab's fault. Um, I think there's definitely been some crackers uh, in the in the 17 rolls of film, but other other rolls of film, I sort of look at them and think, oh, what was I doing? What was I thinking? Uh, so always things to, to learn from. Uh, so what I've been shooting has been a few different things. I had bought a 645 uh, a while ago. I've been looking at uh, buying a Pentax 645 for a long time, and I saved up my my US dollars and my PayPal account from from selling bits and bobs and and um, from selling stock photography and stuff like that. And I bought a Pentax 645 I think, two or three months ago, I think. And I basically was just trying it out, making sure that it worked properly and that it functioned correctly because it's uh, it's a, you know it's a fair bit of money to, to shell out. So I. Uh, I've put through maybe four or five, maybe six test rolls through that. Really, really loved it. Love it for portraits. Uh, but I also took it away for, uh, we did a little mini road trip and I took some sort of, you know, um, sort of travel sort of shots with it and absolutely love those images. So I want to want to do some more. 
I've mainly been shooting Ektar on it, which is not ideal for portraits, obviously. Some of the portraits turned out beautiful, but other ones turned out with that sort of reddish skin tone that um, Ektar can get uh, with portraits. Uh, but those travel shots were just uh, beautiful. So I just want to do a few more rolls of port, uh, few more rolls of Ektar, and then I'll move on to Portra or maybe 400H or something like that. I've also been shooting my big mini. I've been shooting some expired uh, slide film, Ektachrome 64T on that, and really love the the look of that when it's cross-processed. And what else have I been shooting? I shot a roll in a Holger. So I've got a Holger 120S, which is the original Holger, the first Holger ever made. And I really loved shooting with that. Very uh, heavily vignetted photos uh, and uh, sort of sharp towards the center left. And then the rest is a little bit blurry. And again, I was using Ektar on that. I shot another roll in my Olympus Pen FT. I shot a roll of Lomachrome, Loma Purple, which is just really, really trippy. I love that film. Uh, so it's a 2019 formulation of Lomachrome Purple. And I have 72 wonderful half-frame photos of my kids and my dog and all sorts, of, all sorts of stuff like that and local scenes. And I tried out different kind of ISO settings uh, with the, the purple film because it's a variable ISO 100 to 400 film. So, uh, yeah, be looking out soon for reviews of both the Pen FT and also Lomo Purple. Uh, really good combination. Oh, and I almost forgot. I also have, on the way back from the lab, two rolls of film that I've shot on my new Lomography Sprocket Rocket, which I bought especially for our new Sprockets Challenge, which I'll tell you more about later on. And uh, yeah, the lab can't scan the sprockets with their Naritsu and their Frontier scanners. So they've processed the, the film and they're sending them back to me and I'm going to scan them. And fingers crossed, I get some lovely sprockets on them. I can't wait to see that film. I've also tried to sort out my negatives and I've, I've had some success doing that. I've got some nice sleeves and I've been putting the negatives in there. I mean, one thing I have not done yet is sort out my cameras. Even though I've been off work now for a couple of weeks, I still have not really sorted out what I want to sell and what I don't want to sell. Uh, but that's another job. Uh, I've got to, I've got to start cracking on with uh, this week and hopefully make a bit of headway and clear up some room here in my home office. Another thing that I've been doing over the last couple of months is been going back and forth to the post office quite a lot, posting copies of my first film photography zine every summer all around the world. I think I've sold zines now to England, Canada, USA, France, Thailand. I probably missed out a country here or there. I can't remember anymore off the top of my head. Australia, obviously. Uh, so quite a few places around the world. I think I've sold just over 30 copies. And I've given away to friends and family and a few other people about 10 copies. So I think I've got about 10 copies left now. So I'm really happy with the way that's gone. If you are still interested, you can grab a copy by going to mattlovescameras.com. And at the top of the, the website menu, there's a little item that says every summer zine. Uh, or you can just uh, Google every summer zine, Matt Murray, and I'm sure it'll come up that way. Uh, I've had quite a few little reviews here and there from people in the community, and I really, really appreciate them. So one of the ones recently was George Griffin on the On The Streets podcast. He did a few different zine reviews. So thanks so much to George for his review. Mike Gunnerman of the Negative Positives Film Photography Podcast out of Louisville, Kentucky, did a fantastic face cast of my zine. He, he spent a lot of time going through all the pages and talking about it. So I really appreciate Mike's review through the face cast. And then he also mentioned it on one of his solo shows. So huge thanks to Mike for that. I really, really got a, a great amount 
kind of satisfaction out of seeing that, that Mike enjoyed the zine. Uh, but probably my favourite review so far, sorry to George and Mike, but probably my favourite review so far is from Vanya from the wonderful All Through a Lens podcast. So I sent one to Vanya in El Segundo, California. She sent me back her zine. We did a zine swap and um, she did a little review on the one of the recent all Through a Lens podcasts. And with special permission from Eric and Vanya, I can play it to you right here. So here we go. Here is Vanya's review of my zine every summer. As we're wrapping this episode up, we've got a couple things to take care of first. And, and the most important thing is uh, a zine review. Vanya, you recently got a zine that you've mentioned a couple of times. Uh, you really like this thing. Tell me about it. Yes, I absolutely love it. It's so great. So Matt Murray sent me uh, every summer and it is a eight by eight perfect bound Ooh. zine photo book-esque thing. There's a bunch of stories in it. Um, I absolutely love the zine. Um, it's more than just a zine. It's something really lovely and just funny, too. Um, there's personal stories in it. Matt seems to have definitely poured his heart and soul into this one. His images, uh, he captured are bright and bold and definitely, I mean, the title says it's summer and it is very, very summer. Uh, there are a mix of landscapes capturing some lovely, lovely grain, as well as some stills of summertime fun with family. And of course, there is the ice cream truck. And <laughs> I'm absolutely in love with this ice cream truck. And the story that's attached to the ice cream truck is really great, too. But you will have to get a copy because I'm not going to spill it. Where can they get a copy of this? Well, so Matt Mary has like several different Instagrams. Okay. So I will tell you all of them. <laughs> How handy. There is Matt Loves Cameras, okay. Matt Loves Instant, Matt Loves Film, and Matt Loves. So he loves lots of things. Um, he also has a website. It's mattlovescameras.com. Okay. I highly recommend getting this. It was just so... Um, it was such a good mail day and he sent me postcards and I've basically used them all already. I'm so sad, <laughs> but oh my God, just such a wonderful, like bright, sunny book. That's awesome. Yes. That's awesome. Love it. And and very uh, apropos for the episode that we're doing today on travel, yes, on summer I travel. Know. Dude, this ice cream truck though, you guys, seriously, I mean, I don't know if you guys follow him. I'm sure he's posted it at some point. Uh, it is just wonderful. Um, his perspectives of some of the architecture. Yeah. It's just a really good photo book. He kind of like pushed the bar up a little bit. It's nice to yeah. that. It's very well made, and I, I really love the writing in here. It's given me some time to kind of think about, like, as far as my next one goes, I kind of want kind of want to add a little, a little bit more writing. Oh, cool. A little bit, maybe some more personal stories. I think that really um, gave a more personal touch to this. Yeah. They're not just pictures. No, I'm very excited to see that. So thank you, Matt, for sending me this scene. I absolutely adore it. It's going to be in my living room probably for quite some time for Ooh. people to take a look at. Nice. 
Thanks so much, Savannah, for that amazing review. Um, it's a funny thing, but when you put something creative out in the world, you know, you sort of start off thinking, oh, this is going to be brilliant. It's going to be amazing. And then when you actually publish it and you see it, you kind of go through a bit of a roller coaster of one minute thinking it was brilliant. And then the next minute you kind of think, ah, oh, you know, are the photos good enough? Are the stories good enough? Is it too personal? Did I put too much writing in there? Did I, did I put why did I put that photo in there? I should have put this other one in there. So you, you kind of go through that roller coaster of emotion, wondering if if what you've done uh, is good enough, I guess. Um, but it's, so it's really kind of uh, heartwarming to know that this creative thing that I put out there in the world, that people really like it. So um, hopefully hopefully all 30 people or so uh, who actually bought the zine also feel the same way about it. Um, and if you do have any feedback for me on the zine, I would love to hear it. Good, bad or indifferent, please let me know. Now, someone who actually reached out to me after after they got their copy of the zine was friend of the show bill too of course i'm sure you know that name um he's a he's a very well-known gentleman in the film photography community especially in the negative positive land uh, he was recently on negative positives so if you haven't listened to that episode with bill it's a really good episode and here is bill's letter which i will read out Hi Matt, the zine arrived yesterday, thank you, and I've poured over it today. Without exaggeration, it is one of the best scenes, if not the best, I've read. The images are just gorgeous. I am drawn to the Natura Superior 1600 images and the ectochrome. The dusk shot of Sandown Pier in particular is so beautiful. What was a revelation to me and what I have not seen in other zines and what made this simply a standout is the personal touch and connection that has come with your writing. In terms of the text, no text debate in zines, your zine has brought me hard down on the side of having text. The caveat being that you need to be able to hit the correct tone in the text, which is to complement the images, not distract from them. You did that superbly well with warmth and humour. The heading fonts are also a standout, very retro feeling and consistent with the images and zine mood. I thought they were used in the goodies titles, but clearly they aren't. But yeah, you're, you, I think you're right, Bill. They are very sort of uh, almost inspired from that 1970s goodies kind of look. Bill then wraps up the email by saying that he's just published his first scene. Of course, there's a lot of people, including myself, who who love Bill's photography. Uh, some of his Astro stuff on film is just magnificent. And um, of course, if you haven't checked out the episode on negative positives with Bill, um, have a look in Mike's back catalogue for that. Uh, it's, it's well worth listening to. Now, if you did want to check out Bill's zine, uh, you could go to probably the easiest way for me to describe how to find it is go to Bill's Instagram, which is uh, instagram.com forward slash Bill two which is b-i-l-l-t-h-o-o and in his bio he's got a link to mag his mag cloud zine and um, i'm actually just trying to work out how to add uh, I'm, I'm really interested in getting bill zine and a few other people's zines um i was just going to buy the digital copy but then i thought oh, I'd, I'd love the print copy uh so i'm not sure though if mag cloud i think they're all printed in the united states and i'm not sure if i can combine different people's zines uh, for the same shipping. Um, you know, so if I buy bills and then someone else is from MagCloud, will they ship them out of the United States to me for the same shipping, um, combined shipping sort of thing? Um, so I'm just going to try and work that out. Uh, but I think at the very least, I will buy the digital copy of that because uh, yeah, great, great images there from the preview and from, um, from what I've seen of bills. Now, of course, in Bill's email, he talks about the text, no text debate in zines. And if you want to find out more information about that, I discussed that in episode 32 of Matt Love's Cameras, Let's Make a Zine, just on the sort of pros and cons almost of, of whether you include text in a zine or not. 
I've also had some emails from some other wonderful people who bought the zine. So here is one from Paul Hopper. Hi, Matt. The zine every summer arrived in great shape. What a delight. I really enjoyed the ice cream van picture. That seems to be a favorite amongst people, by the way. What a great, what great colors and the perfect choice for the cover. The paper you chose for the international edition holds up well to the images and text and shipping. Thanks for sharing your adventure to the Isle of Wight. And thank you for the additional pictures. I sent through some art print postcards with, uh, with every order I've been sending them to people as well. I will treasure the handwritten note you sent. I hope you could read it, Paul. My handwriting is terrible. Um, wish I had stocked up on the Fujifilm Natura 1600 before it was discontinued. The prices on eBay are astronomical. Indeed, they are. I shoot both digital and analog. When the COVID-19 cloud lifts, I'll be getting out to shoot some more film. Here is a link to my Flickr album. And so uh, Paul has given me a link to his um, Flickr album there, which is flickr.com forward slash photos forward slash K1000 roll underscore film. And there's some really lovely photos that Paul has put there taken on uh, uh, Natura 1600 or Superior 1600 uh, of some beautiful illuminations at night there. They look like wonderful in that um, in that film. So thank you so much to Paul. That was a wonderful email to get. And I replied to Paul telling him how I bought, uh, I got some Natura off a friend of mine in Melbourne here in Australia. And I also bought some rolls of Superior 1600 from B and H New York just when it was on clearance. So I got a bit lucky there. I don't think I'm the best um, 1600 film shooter in the world. I love color film, but I kind of, I feel like I've mucked up a few of the roles of the 1600 film, but hopefully as I'm, I'm working through my batch, I, I get a bit better at working out how to shoot it properly. And another little email here from someone who bought the zine is from Tony Skokovich in beautiful Canada. And he replied, I, I really apologize to Tony. I actually, um, I usually reply to people within like two or three days. And um, I actually found this email in my drafts when I went to read it out on the show today. So I'm really sorry for Tony. Uh, if Tony thought I was ignoring them, I hadn't replied. I'm, I'm very, very sorry. I've just replied just now. I've sent that email. Uh, Tony's email says, hello, Matt, just received your zine this week. What a treat this package is. I love the retro vibe to the volume and accompanying prints are simply gorgeous. Motivating me to both photograph more and keep producing zines. Love, uh, looking forward to your next one. Best, Tony. You can find Tony on Instagram at Junction Rails. And uh, when I looked at Tony's Instagram, uh, I just, it's sort of a few sort of things clicked into place. Tony actually put together, I'm pretty sure, the Toronto Film Shooters Photography Zine, the, the TFS 6x6 Zine. Uh, and then I also looked at Tony's Etsy store and he's done a whole load of zines. So yeah, I was like, wow, um, I kind of realized who Tony was all of a sudden. So thank you so much to Tony. And, um, you, you know, his email now, just, uh, I feel very humbled by. His, his kind words there because um, he's put together some fantastic looking zines and they're definitely on my list of things to buy as well. What I might do is uh, I've actually got a few little zines here from people who've sent me. I've got Vanya's beautiful zine. Uh, I've got one from Dale Rogers. Uh, and what I might actually do is I might do an episode where I review a few of them all together. So as I said earlier, I still have around 10 copies of the zine. So if you want to grab one, uh, go to mattlovescameras.com and follow the link for the every summer zine and you can buy one that way. Or you can get a digital version of the zine for just $3 and you can help out the show at the same time. And here is my beautiful family with details of that. To support this podcast, why not buy our dad a coffee? Visit coffee.com. That's K-O-F-I. 
ko.i.com forward slash Matt Loves Cameras and buy him a coffee for just $3. As a special thank you, you'll get access to a digital version of my dad's first film photography zine every summer. There's even a few photos of me in the zine and Matt That's ko-fi.com forward slash Matt Loves Cameras. You better not have any photos of me in there. <laughs> uh, that, at the end, was my wife. And I've played that little clip to my wife in the last week about 20 times. I turn the volume up uh, on the computer. I play that bit and she goes mad. She says, that that doesn't sound like me. That's not me. That doesn't sound like me. I said, well, you know, it, it, that, that is you. You definitely said that. Um, but she uh, is, begs me to, um, has been begging me to take it out of the show. And I, I, I declined that request. Uh, a bit of comedy there for, for me, if for no one else. So now I'm just going to thank all the wonderful people who have given me a donation through coffee.com. It's ko-fi.com. So the first one I've mentioned before is Jim from Victoria, British Columbia in Canada, bought me a coffee and he wrote, love the intros by the kids and thanks for not unsuccessfully trying to be hilariously funny. Thank you so much, Jim. The next person is Cherry. Thank you so much to Cherry for buying me a coffee. Ralph bought me a coffee and put, hello, Matt, your zine podcast is great. I've been toying with the idea of making a zine and this really got me excited about it and answered many of the questions I had. Thank you so much to Ralph for those kind words and of course Ralph is uh, talking about episode 32 there. Let's make a zine with Mixum and InDesign. Dal Rogers, friend of the show, bought me a coffee and he put, hey Matt, here's a coffee. Keep on doing what you do. Love the zine podcast and I've started my on my second with your inspiration. Cheers mate. Dale. Dave Mahali, the old camera guy on YouTube and the old camera guy pretty much on every social network totally loved your zine podcast one of the best episodes of matt loves cameras yet thanks for all the great content thanks so much dave and thank you for all the great content you produce as well my friend the next coffee donator was a gentleman called kevin and he's actually on the page here and it just says somebody bought matt loves cameras uh, a coffee and uh, it doesn't li- didn't leave their name but i know that their name is kevin i won't say his last name in case he wants to remain a little bit anonymous but kevin sent me two coffees sent me six us dollars thank you so much to Kevin for your very very generous donation um, to help pay for the old uh, the podcasting fees which are coming up very soon uh, I think it's 108 US dollars I have to pay a year to use Podbean uh, which is a, a good uh, pop platform uh, for podcasters so uh, certainly don't mind spending the money on paying for for a quality platform for the podcast and the last person who's bought me a coffee is the one the only Mike Gutterman from the Negative Positives podcast thank you so much Mike he's put keep up the great work in the film a podcasters union thanks for the zine I said Mike a zine thanks for the zine it is inspiring thank you so much Mike uh, so thank you for all the work you do as well so that that wraps up all the, the coffee donations I think I've had eight people uh, so far and they've all uh, have access to get a copy of the digital version of every summer uh, if anyone did donate and they had trouble getting the the PDF I think everyone could but if you did have any issues let me know and I'll sort something out I'll help you out no problem at all there and also in the coming weeks I'll be adding more and more subscriber kind of stuff to the coffee.com uh, account so I'm going to be doing a video 
uh, of me making a zine. So I've just worked out how to do a screen recording and I'm going to be uh, doing, putting together a zine in real time and uh, sort of working through having all the photos and having InDesign and sort of laying them out and all that kind of stuff. So if you actually want to see that in action, I'll be doing a short sort of video about that. There'll probably be more details in an upcoming podcast, so listen out. And I'll also put a story on my Instagram, Matt Loves Cameras, when I actually publish that. And I've also got a one or two zines also coming up probably in the next two months that I plan to to publish. I'm going to do physical copies of the zines probably, uh, but I'll also do uh, digital versions of the zines that will be available for coffee.com um, donations. So um, yeah, listen to the next episode for more details and also keep watching my Instagram stories because I'll be putting them on there and also on my Instagram highlights uh, when I add stuff to coffee.com. Oh, can you hear that? It's actually an ice cream truck outside my front. Oh my gosh, it's a really cool ice cream truck. I'm going to go take a photo. I'll be back in a minute. You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. Wouldn't you know it, as soon as I grabbed my camera and, and tried to run outside, the ice cream van was long gone. They sort of, it's really weird here. Whenever we get an ice cream van, they kind of go past really fast. Well, not fast, but they, they keep driving and they don't sort of hang around in one spot for you to race out and buy an ice cream. Oh, well, I probably could do without the calories, to be honest. So let's move on to uh, a bit more of wrap up from our last show, episode 33, the Matt Loves Panos 2020 episode. I've had a lot of good feedback about the show. So thank you so much uh, if you've enjoyed the show and let me know that's fantastic and of course congratulations again to our winner Andrew Spencer in New Zealand and he was absolutely wrapped here is Andrew's email he sent to me uh where is it sorry <laughs> here we go hi Matt ah I'm so excited I'm heading off with my wife for a few days cycling in the great outdoors I saw that you had published podcast episode 33 and knew that it would be a perfect way for us to keep entertained on the car journey well I certainly hope your wife likes photography Andrew otherwise um listening to me and Matthew you drone on would have been torture. Uh, the bantering Matt's gay giving their critique of the Pano 2020 comp images was great entertainment and I really enjoyed the show. The comments on my image submissions were complimentary and I felt honoured to have my name mentioned in the favourites list from both of you. And then the moment I was gobsmacked, OMG, when you both picked me as the winner. I'm beyond humbled for this to happen from all these amazing entries and pictures. Thanks so much for organising the comp. Thanks to you and Matt for taking the time, a lot of time, to comment on all the pictures. I loved your challenge. I'm a pro photographer and the comp made me rethink my usual processes, something that is always good for creative development. Your photography podcast is one of the best I've found. Your episodes are educational, inspirational, entertaining. You have a great speaking voice, which is informative and easy to listen to. Thanks very much. And I'm so looking forward to the next challenge. Best, Andrew Spencer. Thank you so much to Andrew for such a wonderful email. And we exchanged emails a couple of times since then. And uh, I'll be sending him the the big prize uh, from the Matt Loves Panos 2020, which of course is some film and a copy of Every Summer Zine. Now, following the last podcast, I had a couple of other emails from people. So here is one from JM Golding. Uh, Hi, Matt. Thanks for the shout out to 127 Day on the Pano Challenge podcast. Hope you had a great day. Looking forward to your planned episodes. Keep up the great work. J- uh, good light, JM Golding. Uh, so thank you so much to, to JM Golding. Um, I, I spoke about how I was going to dust off my beautiful little Kodak brownie starlets and take some photos on Sunday, the 12th of July. 
I had my roll of Re-Repan already, black and white 127 film, out of the fridge. But unfortunately, my uh, little Starflex, or Starlet, sorry, my little Starlet, uh, its shutter is jammed. Uh, I vaguely remember last time I was playing around with it, this happened, and I thought, I'll put it back on the shelf and thought, I'll I'll, I'll have a look at that later. And uh, I, I went to load the film in on last Sunday, and yeah, the shutter just seems jammed. I can't press the shutter at all anymore. And it's actually pretty much the same issue that's I had taken place with my Star Flex. So I've now got two little Kodak 127 cameras that you can't push the shutter lever down. I'm sure it's probably just some kind of simple fix if you know what you're doing, if you can fix cameras. Uh, it's not a terribly complicated camera by the look of it mechanically. Uh, so I might try and see if I can fix it, but I'll probably probably break it even more than it's already broken. But that sort of uh, stopped me from taking part in 127 days, sadly. I was also talking to JM about the price of 127 cameras I've seen locally on, on Facebook Marketplace. A lot of them here sell for like 35 to 40 US dollars. I don't really think the people understand what they are. They're just, you know, to me, like it's a five or ten dollar camera. I don't be not being me to 127 cameras, but these are very small plastic sort of cameras. There's not a lot of demand for them because not many people shoot 127 film. But I think if people find them, they, they put them up on marketplace for just ridiculous amounts of money. Um, JM was telling me about a Yogi Bear camera, which is still on eBay. Uh, it's a 127 Yogi Bear camera. It's up for 350 US dollars. Wow. Uh, so that's <laughs> if you got a bit of spare cash, you know, and you want to get into 127, you could either go the uh, the Baby Rolly or you could go the Yogi Bear. Another email I got after the show, last show, was from Francois Lavadure from beautiful Canada. And he wrote, Hi Matt, just listening to the podcast. I wanted to let you know that the other Matt definitely deserves a medal of honor for attempting to pronounce my city's name. Let him know that he's not alone when it comes to butchering that name. I think it was Long Longoy. Uh, something like that, Longoy, and um, I think Matthew Joseph pronounced it Longuli. Um, so it's <laughs> a little bit, little bit of a difference. Um, everyone who's not a native French speaker mispronounces it one way or another. <laughs> I don't think I got it right just then, Francois, but anyway. And for the rest of us, we keep saying it. That's a stupid name to give to a city. When you can pronounce it, you have a hard time spelling it. If it, if I would go to phonetic, it sounds more like Longoy more than anything else. It came from the French seigneurial system in the 1600s and has been kept ever since without asking any questions about whether it made sense. Here, we're not going for our fourth heat wave. I think Francois might have means they are in their fourth heat wave. Uh, we've beaten all known records in existence. Hoping everything's okay at your place. Cheers, Francois. Uh, so that's great. Thanks so much, Francois. Um, I, did, I, I was wondering what he meant by the, the last bit, whether they were in heat wave or not in Montreal. I just had a look at the weather and it seems it's it's up around over 30 degrees. So I reckon that must be um, a bit of a heat wave over there in uh, Quebec. So fantastic stuff. Uh, thank you to Francois. And of course, one of Francois's images made Matthew's top 10. So um, well done to him as well. That was the, the black pudding. No, sorry, the black building image. Uh, also heard from quite a few people on Instagram and, and one of the funnier ones on Instagram after the last episode was published was uh, uh, Jack. Jack loves panos up there in Alaska. Uh, did a little story about how far his city in Alaska is from Saskatoon, which is where Matthew Joseph thought he lived. So we, I think it was something like 2,000 miles, 3,000 kilometers, something like that. Very funny. Now for some details about the proposed Matt Loves Panos 2020 zine project. And uh, I don't, I'm not really beholden to that name, Matt Loves Panos. So if, if anyone's got any cool names, let me know, please. 
Now, around the time of this podcast being published, I'll be sending out emails to everyone who took part in Matt Loves Panos 2020, and the email will give two links. So the first link will be a page where all of the proposed images for the zine will be listed on this page on my website. And so it'll have your name. It'll have the the one or two images of yours that we propose to put in the zine if we've got room, which I'm sure we will. And underneath, we've got details, uh, the details I have of the camera and the film used and the location. And so the the idea is that you'll go onto this page, you'll check the uh, proposed submission to make sure that I've spelt your name right, I've spelt your Instagram right, I've got the name of the camera or, or the film right, all that kind of stuff. And um, from there, if, if you know you like that and you want to give permission for it to be in the zine, there'll be another link in the email to a Google form where you can put your name and email address and all that kind of stuff and just give permission that way for me to, to create a zine with your image in. Uh, when, I, when I first did this project, I wasn't sure anyone would enter. So I didn't uh, set up the competition or the challenge very well, but certainly for the next one, I'll be doing it uh, a lot better and I'll be getting permission from everyone uh, upfront uh, so to make things a little bit smoother instead of having to contact everyone after the, the challenge has been done. But hopefully if we get a um, majority of people who give permission uh, for the zine to go ahead, we can create one. Uh, I'll actually be ordering up, uh, opening up pre-orders for the zine. And I think unless I get about 10 pre-orders, um, I won't I won't actually get it published because obviously I've got to outlay money to get the zines, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but hopefully if we get a majority of people give permission for their images to go in. And if we get around 10 or 12 pre-orders, we'll then go ahead, press press the big button for Mixum to print the zine. And uh, that's what we'll do. Now, the zine will probably be an A5 zine, an A5 landscape zine, because that will um, suit the majority of those pano images. It'll be approximately 36 pages plus a cover. And the cost of the zine will be as follows. And this includes shipping. So in Australia, it will be $12 including shipping. That's 12 Australian dollars. To the UK, including shipping, it will be 10 British pounds. To the USA and the rest of the world, it will be $12.75 US. Uh, so there you go. That's the costs. That's actually just the cost of the zine plus the cost of the shipping plus the PayPal fees on top. Uh, that's that's all there is on there. There's no profit. There's no money being made on top, anything like that. Uh, so that is the cost of the zine. And as I said, I probably need 10 or 12 pre-orders just for it to go ahead uh, because I don't want to order, you know, 10, 15, 20 copies of the zine and then no, no one buy it. I'll be stuck with uh, <laughs> copies of the zine. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's that's how we'll kind of roll. Uh, and we'll just see if people want a, want a copy of the zine or not. Maybe people will, you know, are happy for it to go ahead, but they don't want a copy and that's cool. Uh, but look out for that if you took part in the challenge. Uh, look out for that in your inbox very, very soon. And the other idea is that also, uh, regardless of whether the physical zine takes place or not, I'll actually do a digital version of the zine as well. And the idea is that we will give everyone who took part uh, a digital copy of the zine as well, a PDF version. And uh, I'll also put that uh, on the coffee page for anyone who wants to uh, give a donation to help with running costs of the show. You'll also get the the Pano zine, uh, a digital version of that in there as well. So if you took part in Matt Loves Panos 2020, by the time you see this in your your feed or the time you listen to this, you should have an email in your inbox with all of the details. 
So in the Matt Loves Panos 2020 episode, Matthew Joseph and I also went up against each other and our portfolio of six images was judged by film photography podcasters. So of course we had Sherry Christensen vote for Matthew. We had Mike Gutterman vote for Matthew and we had Alex Lux from Classic Camera Revival vote for me. So it was a 2-1 victory there for Matthew. But since that time, I've had a couple of other people send in their votes. Now, um, thank you so much to these uh, all the people who've sent in votes votes. Oh, and a special shout out to another person who I asked to vote. I asked George Griffin from the wonderful On The Streets podcast to vote. Uh, he messaged me about three, four days after I messaged him and he said, Matt, I'm so sorry I haven't got back to you. I've been in hospital. Uh, so George hasn't been very well. Uh, so I, I see that in his latest podcast. He's just been talking about that as well. So sending um, positive vibes to George. Hope you're completely recovered very soon, my friend. Yeah, a couple of these late votes. Here we go. Uh, now, Kevin Lane, the friend of the show, Kevin Lane from the Uncle Jonesy's Camera Podcast. This is what Kevin had to say. Now, Kevin was one of the people who was on holidays. Uh, he was in holidays in the southwest of the USA, in Texas, I believe, and around those those parts. So this is what Kevin writes. Matt, although I am a few days late, here is my vote. It goes to Matt Murray. Here is why. Although I really enjoyed Matthew Joseph's photos for their intricate composition, I simply love the pop of color that Matt Murray is able to produce on film. To me, this is what I want my own colour photography to look like, an almost otherworldly tourist brochure appearance. I also appreciate how Matt declutters the frame so that the composition becomes one of shape and line, very much mirror-like. They are all wonderful photographs, so congratulations to both. Cheers, Kevin Lane, of course, of the Uncle Jonesy's Camera Podcast. So thank you so much to Kevin. Uh, again, very humbling words, and I'm really, really uh, appreciative of Kevin's lovely email there. Uh, Kevin actually messaged me. Um, Kevin has my zine every summer, and he said that he really loved the part in the intro to the zine where I talk about how I compose a photograph and what I do is I, I try and declutter the frame. So I'll have a think and I'll see if I've got enough material to do a whole podcast about that. Uh, so keep listening uh, for details about that soon. Now, we had another late vote in from the one, the only, Mr. Graham Young. And this one is an audio vote. So here we go. This is Graham Young from the Homemade Camera Podcast. Matt Murray asked if I would be one of the judges, the celebrity judges. Yeah, do a podcast, be a celebrity. One of the celebrity judges for both his work and Matthew Joseph's work. Uh, some review on their entries and a little bit of judging. So that's what I'm doing right here. I want to say, first of all, Matthew Joseph, Matt Murray, you're both a couple of cheaters. You guys have some really nice, sharp images that came out of these plastic cameras. Well, my plastic lens on my plastic, cheap, crappy pano camera couldn't get this sharp. So I don't know what you guys were doing. Maybe I bought the wrong one. It could be that. So... Besides you two being a couple of cheaters, I will uh, do a little quick review of uh, the work that you both have. Now, Matthew Joseph, um, one of the things that really, really strikes me about the work that you have posted is your very nice use of shadow and dark areas and areas that we can't penetrate uh, to 
create some very dramatic looks. Now, the first picture uh, in the series is a picture of clouds. Eh, doesn't really do much for me. Uh, But the next few, uh, there's a picture of somebody um, uh, at a, it looks like at a butcher shop. There is uh, shadows. Most of the butcher shop is in shadows. There is a figure in light with a shirt (laughs) that uh, seems to be printed with, I know what you need. I think that that is wonderful for somebody at a butcher shop. Now, uh, our our vegan brethren would maybe not agree with that, but I believe this is a customer at the shop. But this is this is great. Even in the shadow area, there are little things that show that there is stuff out there. We just can't see it. So little tiny bits of highlights. Then the next one is a lone lone chair um, that is in some sort of uh, looks like a parking garage. Um, uh, it, it, and it, it and it's wonderful. We have a wonderful diagonal uh, shadow um, we have the chair dead center, but then we have concrete on either side and a corrugated steel uh, fence in the background. That's really nice. Then again, we get another diagonal in the next picture, and this is against a red wall. There's a figure. This is obviously on a hill, and the figure looks to be either slowed for a rest on walking up a very long hill Or maybe it is somebody who is just walking slowly up that hill. Very dramatic. Now, this is, again, we have the figure right in the center, dead center, uh, just like the chair. And then we have that diagonal that comes out of the, out of the top. This is, these are two really wonderful photographs. Then we have an aerial looking down. It looks like a shopping mall of a sort. And, um, with some figures, uh, we can see that one, uh, well, several of them are wearing masks. So it is definitely current. Um, and once again, we have the figures in the dead center. Then we have our last one again. Um, this is Matthew Joseph set. We have our last one where we have the figure a little bit off to the right, but the pigeons, which may be the subject of this, the pigeons are right in the center. Uh, again, we have some diagonals. Now, these diagonals come off the left rather than the right like the other ones. Really wonderful use of the space that you're given on a panoramic camera. So, Matthew Joseph, I applaud you on those. Matt Murray. Okay, so these are much more in the light. So uh, one of the things that I'm looking for, and I alluded to it at the end of Matthew Joseph's set, is the idea of using the space, using the horizontal space. And um, in, with uh, Matthew Joseph, he used it with shadow. Matt Murray, you, you use that to capture objects. Our first image is of two kites. Uh, they may be parag- paragliding kites, but they're, they're, they're kites. And we have one on the right side and one a little bit to the left of center against a blue sky. We get some wonderful vignetting in the corners. Um, that is really nice. Then we have a sunset and the sunset is once again, it's a, it's a horizon picture. So we have a sunset filtering through some trees. We have what looks to be a waterfront and I'm going to guess it's ocean. It looks like the tide is out. Um, and we get that very long horizontal 
which is perfect for panoramas. And then we have another image. It looks like this was probably taken just a little bit earlier from a different angle of the same location, uh, boats in a bay. And once again, that horizon shape is, uh, is absolutely proper for the panorama. Now, second, or actually, I guess it's third from last. This is, this is Matt Murray's, uh, third picture or fourth picture. And it is a picture. It looks like it is of a skate park. And we, this actually to me is the wonderful picture of this series. This is, uh, um, Matthew or Matt Murray's, excuse me, Matt Murray's best. And I think it's actually the best of the whole set. So, um, it is there. Once again, it's angles. We are cropped. The, the, the panorama is cropped and that gives us just this little section. Now that makes this skate park completely abandoned visually, but it's well used. You can see all of the marks and we get the, uh, uh, slight diagonal on the left. Uh, and in the, uh, left, upper left corner, a stronger diagonal. Now, just to the, to the right of center, we have, um, something else that starts keystoning out to the right. And then we have a sweeping angle along to the, to the right. And then we have a white swooping shape that comes back in. That to me is a wonderful set of shapes. This is not dependent on content. It is dependent upon form. And the form here is absolutely wonderful. I really, really, really like that photo. Now, um, the most uh, important photo of the set of both Matt, Matt Murray's and Matthew Joseph's, the most important photo of the set is Matt Murray's second to last one because it is a discount tire store and it's Graham's tire service. So this content wise, this is the big winner. Really, seriously, it has my name in it. So it's got to be the big winner. Now let's go back to, um, a, a, um, the landscape challenge from the sunny 16 podcast, uh, cheap shots challenge. And it was a landscape edition. Johnny Sisson from the classic lenses podcast. He's the one who does the judging. What does he want? He wants power lines. Matt Murray gives us power lines. This is an absolute wonderful gem of, once again, looking at angles as we have diagonals coming in from the upper left, from the lower left, diagonals going out to the upper right. We have the post dead center. Now, one of the rules of general photography is that, you know, that rule of thirds, and we don't put things in the dead center. You know, amateurs put things in the dead center. Well, I noted as I, as we went through these, there's a ton of stuff in the dead center, and it is absolutely appropriate for these because you also, excuse me, you also found things that were very interesting in the corners and in the edges. These are wonderful uses of panorama. Now, here's the question. Who won? If we were to, uh, to ask if, if, if this was a contest and a composition, uh, who won? I would say it's actually 
a draw. How about that for a soccer soccer answer for you or a football answer for you? Um, I, yeah, I would say that this is a draw. Um, uh, I, I really love the shadow of Matthew Joseph's and I really love the use of light in Matt Murray's. Uh, Matt Murray, I believe that you have the best photograph and the most imp- important photograph. Those are two different photographs, uh, of the, uh, of the series. But, um, uh, I, I would say that the overall better grouping, the overall better consistency came from Matthew Joseph. But good work, guys. Thank you so much, Graham. It was absolutely wonderful to hear his detailed analysis and, and deconstruction of our photos, really going to the heart of what each one was about in terms of the composition and the lighting. That was quite fascinating to listen to. Unfortunately, it's another vote for Matthew Joseph. So I think it was close, though. It was close. Uh, but that uh, it gives Matthew a 3-2 overall victory. Uh, but it was very interesting to hear that Graham liked my skateboard, uh, my skate park photo. Mike Gutterman liked that one as well, I think. And of course, uh, they both liked the the old Graham's tire photo as well. Um, so I've actually taken, I've actually gone back since the panel contest and taken quite a few photos of that place with different cameras just to see how they turn out uh, before that place probably gets demolished or something like that. The other funny thing was that uh, Graham said that we were cheating. Well, we weren't cheating, Graham, but we, I'll give you a tip for next time. Get an Ansco Pix if you want a sharp picture. The Ansco Pix panorama is definitely one of the better um, focus-free pano cameras. The other one I would recommend is, a couple of people use this one, I think, is the Vivitar IC101. That's not a bad camera. It, it doesn't necessarily give you sharp photos. It gives you more, how do I explain this, more almost pinhole kind of impressionistic kind of photos. And I actually wrote an article for Emmett Emulsive with some black and white photos taken with that camera. And they're pretty cool. So I'd be keen to give that one another go. The one, the camera that I've got that I'm not very keen on using again is the Vivitar PN2011. Uh, I really did not like the, the photos from that. But thank you once again to Graham and all of our celebrity judges. I also had another email, which was really fantastic. I was really, really pleased when I got this. It came into my inbox, mattlovescameras at gmail.com, and it's from Sirot Setter. I hope I pronounced gentleman's name correctly, Sirot. Sirot, Sirot says, hi from Bangkok. Hi, just wanted to drop you a quick note uh, about how I enjoyed your show. Been listening on and off for years. Last week, I listened to one of your older episodes where you list the top 10 countries and Thailand was one of them, which really surprised me because I live here and I don't know any of your fans or any references locally to your show. Perhaps we are closet listeners. Yes, perhaps indeed. Um, I have been shooting for 30 years and have countless cameras. Been there, shot that kind of guy. But going through your episode list, I have realized how influential Matt Loves Cameras has been to me. Please see the attached bunch of my favorite cameras and you'll see what I mean. Keep it up. Stay safe and enjoy. Cheers. It's from Sirot. I hope I pronounced Sirot correctly. It could be Siro, but Siro or Sirot. Thank you so much um, for that. And he has attached an image of some beautiful, beautiful cameras here. So the first one in the image uh, he sent me is, of course, the one that caught my eye is the Fujifilm Class S. Beautiful, beautiful camera there. He's got a black one like me. Fantastic. The next one along is the Minox in the middle, a Minox 
35 ml. I think my Minox is the 35 GL. I haven't done a review of that on the show yet, but uh, Minox is a great little camera. Uh, the next one is the Olympus LT1, and Sirot has a brown Olympus LT1. I have mine here in front of me, my brown Olympus LT1. Beautiful, beautiful camera. It's a it's a Mew one in a leather jacket, basically. But Sirot's looks a lot better condition than mine. Mine's been dropped a few times, and it's it's seen better days. But Sirot, his LT1 looks absolutely beautiful. Next to that, he has a Canon Auto Boy D5, which of course is also known as the Canon Short Shot A1 and also known as the the Prima uh, AS1, which of course I reviewed earlier this year on Matt Loves Cameras, that beautiful white, red and black, grey underwater camera from Canon. Fantastic camera, absolutely love it. And then the fifth camera in the lineup here that he has in the photo, I don't actually have. It's a Roly 35S and uh, it's a beautiful little um, 35mm camera. Again, one of the smallest 35mm cameras ever made. So um, fantastic lineup of cameras there. And thank you so much to to Sirot for sending that email in. And if I've inspired gas in you, if you've listened to an episode and you've got out and bought a camera because of this podcast, I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me a message on Instagram or email me at mattlovescameras at gmail.com. Now, I'll just give you a little rundown of the Podbean statistics for the show. So this is all the countries where Matt Loves Cameras is listened to. There's literally, well, it's probably about 50 countries, I think. Uh, most of them, like towards the bottom of the, of the ladder, they've only got a handful of listens. But at the top of the ladder, of course, we have the United States taking up 44% of all the downloads over the last year. Next comes my own native Australia at 14%. The UK is at 12.5%. Canada is at 9.5%. And then rounding out the rest of the top 10, we have Germany, Sweden, Thailand, the Netherlands, Belgium, and Norway. So there you go. That's they're the top 10 countries for Matt Loves Cameras. And of course, Popbean's pretty cool. I can actually see which parts of US, Canada, and Australia um, listen the most. And in USA, it probably come as no surprise, um, the two most popular states are uh, California, which is, of course, one of the, the biggest, I think, states by population in the USA, probably the biggest, maybe. And then New York, followed by Illinois, Texas, and Florida. In Canada, the biggest um, province, the biggest province by far is Ontario, followed by British Columbia, then Quebec and Alberta. And here in Australia, uh, the biggest state that listens to Matt Loves Cameras is New South Wales, south of the border uh, from where I live. And then the second biggest state is Queensland, followed closely by Victoria. That's it for this episode of Matt Loves Cameras. I hope you have enjoyed the show. Bit of a strange show, really. Uh, It's very unusual that I have a whole show of reading out letters and things like that. But I hope it was a bit of a a change of pace uh, from the other shows that I do. And I hope you enjoyed it. One final reminder, if you did take part in Matt Loves Panos 2020, check your email and please get back to me as soon as you can and let's make this scene happen. And if you'd like to take part in the next Matt Loves Cameras Challenge, get your sprocket cameras in July, August and September and get out there and shoot those sprockets. I'll see you next time. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Check the show notes for the link.